Hey, y'all. This here is the Shutdown Fullcast, the only college football podcast um, ever. And we are joined tonight by Stephen White of SB Nation, former Tennessee Volunteers lineman, uh, played seven years in the NFL. Say hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> nailed, nailed the dad joke. Excellent. <laughs> we also have with us Andy Staples of Sports Illustrated, uh, as also an SEC lineman um, who played. No. Uh, how, how many? No, how we, many, how we many don't games get this in the NFL. It. Was it Andy? Uh, that would be zero, and played in zero college games, but served as a tackling dummy on a team. So we're not even going to compare any sort of football careers because I'm nobody. <laughs> you you have your own achievements, Andy. You have nothing to be ashamed of. I'm proud. Well, of there was there was the time I ate the three pound burger and then dessert to win the T-shirt, but that's that's pretty much See? it. That's that's more than Vanderbilt does in some years. <laughs> That's important. That's a good point. See, I'm he- I'm here just to make people feel better. Um, see, see all the all these SEC East people on this show. We, we can all laugh about Vanderbilt here. <laughs> hey, if you can't laugh about Vanderbilt, you must have went to Vanderbilt. That's all I can. <laughs> no, no, no one here. And, and, the- and then and then you're just laughing at our paychecks if you're that guy. Yeah, yeah. No one here at the SATs <laughs> to go to Vanderbilt. I, I'm going to assume. That's that's. I actually, I actually, but I said no. I actually got into Vanderbilt, but yeah. Didn't want to okay, well, I'm just talking about myself. That's fine. <laughs> That's right. This podcast that was back is... when they had Jerry Donardo. I was like, nah. <laughs> so as you, as anybody who's followed this podcast or any of us on Twitter can guess, we're here mostly to talk about lineman stuff, Piesman stuff. If you don't know what uh, the Piesman is, oh boy, how did you wander into this podcast? What were you What were you trying to download? And I hope 99% Invisible is as good as it sounds, because this is not that. Um, so we're just going to start with... Man, we got a lot of good questions tonight. This is one mostly addressed to Steve. This comes from Jordan Stewart, at Dear Burly Man, appropriately, <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, Steve, and, and Andy may have an answer for this as well. Uh, what's the most Memphis thing you've ever seen? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know what? <laughs> That's kind of hard to say, to okay. be honest with you, because <clears throat> it, it, it's hard to really get into the the essence of Memphis if you're not actually in Memphis. Okay. Like, from the outside looking in, you can kind of think that Memphis is like Houston or Atlanta or some other southern cities, but, but Memphis is kind of, it, it's got its own thing going. And so it's hard to say. I mean, you know, we got the gold grills, but we also still have the Jerry curls. You love barbecue. Everybody just, you know, likes to have a good time. So, um, you know, uh, what was that movie? Uh, <clears throat> the one with uh, Whoop That Trick was in oh, <laughs> the soundtrack. Hustle and Flow. If I'm really homesick, I'll put Hustle and Flow in, so I guess maybe that's the most Memphis thing ever. But not because of the lead characters, but just because everything else around it. Like, the 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 the, the scene where they're in the parking lot, that was a Crystal Palace parking lot. I grew up going there to roller skate as a kid. So, like, that was definitely the most Memphis thing ever as far as a movie. Uh, but it's just, it's hard to capture that. Like, the actors in that movie suck. They, 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 there was nothing necessarily <laughs> about them, just to be honest with you. The, the actions were all off and all that shit, but 
everything else, the only thing that was cool, they had three six mafia in there. So <laughs> that, that, that was pretty cool. But I, I, the, the 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 scenes themselves, where they shot the movies, there was also a script joint in the movie that I may or may not have driven by once or twice. <laughs> so, like, that, that, that movie takes me back to Memphis a lot. Not because of, like I said, the actors or the plot or anything like that, but just the scenes themselves. So, it, it, like I said, it's hard to put Memphis in a box, really. If you go there, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's also the movie that gave us uh, not just, we don't call them 3-6 Mafia now, now they're Academy Award winning Right, right. I, I, that was disrespectful on my part. That's okay. <laughs> we know what you meant. It's okay. DJ Paul, Juicy J, I'm sorry. <laughs> Andy, do you have an answer to this question, the most Memphis thing that you've ever seen? Barbecued spaghetti. I'm sorry, pardon? Can you back up? Bar- barbecued spaghetti. Interstate and a barbecue shop do that. And there's, there, I actually had some in Kansas over the weekend, but it, the dudes came from Memphis. That's how they learned how to make it. Uh, but yeah, it's basically, so think Skyline Chili, except replace the chili with some sort of smoked meat. And you, you put the, so the barbecue sauce is the sauce, but you can't just dump it on there. You got to kind of spin it so that it's just lightly coating the noodles and you got barbecue spaghetti. Memphis tradition. Okay. I mean, that, I, I, I was picturing somebody just putting like raw pasta into a smoker or something. <laughs> so this this turned out a lot better than I thought well, it was going well, to. One of the two Memphis places actually makes it in this the whole deal in the smoker. <laughs> I think they boil the noodles first, but then they put the noodles in the smoker too. I hadn't I hadn't been there. I I do want to try that though. Good. Have have you ever either of you ever encountered anything uh any barbecued thing more wild than that? I sure haven't. <laughs> uh, well I, I mean I've eaten face before. Like so, human face or no pig face? These are, these are... <laughs> at that Petty's bar, Petty's Barbecue in Starkville, Mississippi. If you if you order Snoop, that's what Snoop is the face. Wow, I, th- I mean, not that I imagine a lot of European tourists are winding up in Starkville, but for the ones that I, do, I wish they were. <laughs> I mean, that you know what? That's true. We should we should start a campaign to convince like some tourism board in. I don't know, Austria or something like, yeah, if you really want American culture, New York, L.A., skip it. Just go to Starkville. Like, we can organize this trip for you. It's cheap. You're going to really get an idea of what America's like. And just just drop them off and say, all right, yeah. we'll see you in a week. You, you, you might see Fred Smoot roll up to the Hilton Garden Inn and Rolls Royce. Because I've seen that. <laughs> As we all know, Fred Smoot is, of course, the mayor and like local deity of Starkville, That's Mississippi. Right. Uh, the, the the man who is above all laws, uh, governmental and 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 physical. He's the Surgeon General of the city. I, I have a question for you, gentlemen. Um, from Thomas Holzerman on Twitter. I, I think I'm reading in what his first initial is. It's T. It could be anything. Uh, what's the best food one should eat to be in peak Piesman shape? And for anyone who doesn't know, the Piesman is, of course, our award administered by Ryan uh, for the, the greatest athletic achievement by a lineman doing a, a non-lineman thing. I mean, it's pie, right? could be pecan pie or it could be like a, a some kind of meat pie, but it's it's got to be pie. I'm going to go with peanut butter. Like anything that has <laughs> peanut butter in it. It could be a peanut butter pie. It could be a peanut butter cheesecake. It could a be peanut, peanut butter, butter pie. Peanut Chocolate butter peanut cookies. butter pie. Yeah, look. Yeah. 
as long as it has peanut butter in it, that is a fat guy meal right there. Is that is, so, that, is that because you get, you get to lie to yourself and be like, well, peanut butter has protein, so you protein. Know. There you go, protein. <laughs> it, it, it's lie true. To yourself now, and tell yourself. Uh, one one of my ideas, I've had you know several gone through several thoughts on this of what heaven looks like. Yeah. But one of so, so a peanut butter meal. This is not a peanut butter dessert, but one of the ideas that I've I've decided heaven looks like is there's a loaf of bread in front of you and a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly. And it's all yours. That's it. Like that's heaven right there. An entire loaf of bread with a jar of peanut butter and jar of jelly. Man, if the, if, if this you have unlimited supply of milk to go with that, like you, you, yes, you don't have something oh. to drink with that. You are, that's going to be hell real fast. It's going to turn. From oh, you're not, yeah. You won't be able to talk much. It'd be hard to get it down. Toward the end of the loaf. So this is this is the this is the theology portion of the podcast, as everyone knows. Um, I do. So I have a. This is a question of my own. In my heart, I like to believe that linemen on both sides of the ball, growing up, were not necessarily linemen. Some of them played running back. Some of them played linebacker, quarterback, whatever. And I want to know first, for the two of you, did you play, were you a lineman pretty much from the time you started playing organized football, or did you have stints at other positions? I was a linebacker uh, back in the day. And what Tennessee used to do, it, it's funny, I always talk about this, is they would recruit guys from other positions, and then they would, they would change you, but they would do it real smooth, like, like, because they know guys really don't want to change positions. You know, you came out of high school as a linebacker, you want to play linebacker. The same way as you're a running back. They'd be like, you know, uh, Steve, you're looking real good at linebacker, but, but we want to maximize your potential. So we want you to get up a little bit closer to the line so you can get <laughs> Move up a little bit closer. Okay, a little bit closer. Now we want you to get over because we want to make sure you have great leverage. A little bit more. Bring your okay, put your hand down and then rush the pass. You know <laughs> So it's, it's sort of like how you teach a kid to ride a bike, and you're like, I'm holding on. Yeah, I'm totally holding on. Definitely holding on. Not letting go. Nope, not at all. Yep, now you're swimming in the 12-foot section. <laughs> now it's a little, it seems to be a little bit more specialized with all these camps and stuff like that. And so, you know, you kind of recruit guys to play what they're going to play in college. But back in my day, I mean, if you was a linebacker, you probably came there as a running back. You know, if you was a defensive lineman, you probably came there as – a linebacker or a tight end or something. So uh, it, it, that's changed a little bit. But, yeah, back in the day, I don't think anybody came there and played what they were supposed to, except for maybe offensive linemen. So I was too fat to play Pop Warner. So when I started playing football in high school, I was immediately put on the offensive line. Uh, and then when I got to college, I was too small to play offensive line because for, like, four blessed years, I had the highest metabolism ever. And now I don't anymore. But then I did. And no matter what I ate, I couldn't gain past like 245, 250. So I should have been a tight end or a middle linebacker, but I couldn't run. So ergo, walk on guard who could never play. I take it, um, Andy, you have not had any. Have, well, I shouldn't assume. That's not fair. Have you had your own Peisman moment, whether it was in practice or, you know, whatever, where you, where no. you got to transcend but, but, your role? No, the only time, there was one time in high school when the, the tailback fumbled in the end zone and I had the ball behind my back and I had it, you know, in my arm and our fullback picked it up or like grabbed it away from me and started dancing with it. 
you got you got pies man you got piesman <laughs> you did the reverse piesman oh my god you got stunted on that's that's brutal steve i know you you did the vegetable man i know i mean i know steve has had a piesman steve had like a pretty notable piesman moment in a playoff game no less but what is like <laughs> what is the one that is there one that sticks out to you a moment at any level where you were like yeah you know i got my hands on the ball and I was really proud of this thing I was able to do. The one you alluded to is actually the only one. Like, I, I came close a couple of times, but I never really got, like, an interception or picked up a fumble much. But in 1999, in the NFC Championship game, first play of the game, they tried to throw a screen. And because I was a little slow, and so I didn't really get up the field that much, it worked out perfectly for me because I was right there to catch the ball instead of partial fault. So literally, the first play of the NFC Championship game, I get an interception. And, you know, we didn't get a touchdown. We kicked the field goal, which is probably some of why we lost that game. But, hey, you know, if things have went different, I might have actually, you know, been somebody. People might have actually remember me. <laughs> but, but you could have told me nothing right after that play, though. I, you know, I was going off and celebrating and everything. He had those <laughs> The day about celebrating, I'd have got probably 30 yards instead of 15 yards to celebrate. So I was talking and everything. Yeah. And when the reality was, I just didn't get a good pass for it. So I just. <laughs> but nobody needs to know that. That's not important. Right. You know, details. That's, I think that's how you drew it up. All the casual fans saw was you made, you made a great play on the ball. Doesn't really matter why you were there. I saw the commentary after, like the replay, the commentary. Oh, the commentators thought I sniffed it out. That was the word. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I sniffed it out. <laughs> no, no. Okay. And, and, and then do you go to the running backs coach and say like, "Hey, see anything you like there?" <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, I wasn't going that far. <laughs> I, I knew my limitations. I was, I was very self-aware about that. that uh, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring the mood down slightly with this question. Not too bad though. This is from Ben Delman at Ben Delman on Twitter. Is there anything you wanted to accomplish during the off season that you haven't yet? And Jason, oh Lord, I'm gonna start you with this question. Oh my God. Oh, so the, um, yeah, the off season, it's very short. It, it, you might think it's months long and you might think it lasts from uh, like right after signing day through today or so, but it actually doesn't. It's actually about three weeks long. Um, so, yeah, you know, wanted to uh, when it, we, 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 we've we've been talking for a while about like we got to see some national parks. We got to get out west, which that's where Spencer is tonight, by the way, uh, in case you're we're about what 17 minutes in we'll mention where spencer's yeah. at he's in montana fuck that guy uh, <laughs> by, by himself <laughs> looking for ted turner i think um but uh yeah you know we want to go on some cool vacations we went to disney that that i mean andy i know you're a disney pro but man it i'm, I'm not cut out for disney myself i didn't and, say i like disney I, I just come up with ways to tolerate it well you're you're, you're better at that than i am <laughs> but we, we 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 left a lot on the table for next year. A lot of goals to achieve, I guess. That's that's very college. Fo- that's very rebuilding college football program. I'm sure. This off season is about an eight and four, I'd say. Okay, uh, Andy, what about you? Anything you wanted to do during this off season that you have not? Gotten yeah, to? I was gonna I was gonna carve out a six pack, and um, just didn't quite get to it. Didn't quite work out. Next year, man. So, yeah, I keep telling myself that. One of these years. It's going to, I mean, technology's getting better all the time, so it'll happen for you. Oh, the wife just got a machine at work. You know the wife works in plastic surgery, so right. they just got a machine at work that freezes your fat cells. 
Okay. So, <laughs> I so, just heard a commercial for that. And then you just pee them out after like four weeks. Hang on. And you're supposed to be skinnier. So it freezes the... It free, it, you Wait, know, so you, mm-hmm. your body pees out all cold stuff? Well, no, I no, assume, when I assume the fat the, the cells die. And yeah. they, 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 they're frozen, they die, they just they liquefy, and then once they warm back up, they liquefy, and then your, your body just processes them out, out as waste. So, allegedly, those fat cells are gone. Now, you can still get fat again by refilling the remaining fat cells, but supposedly this, this does make you a little skinnier, so... Uh, I'll be curious to see if it actually works. I don't know if it'll, if I'll get to be a guinea pig or not. But there ha- there have been opportunities occasionally for that sort of thing. Hey, so it's, it's just journal. It's just journalism. You're just ex- you know out there exploring the unexplored. There's nothing wrong with that. That's right. Um, so and I and I don't care if I do it fake. If I do it the fake way. If I don't do it with with hard work. Oh. Because it it's still a six pack. Yeah. If you didn't know me before, you're like dang. That guy's got some nice abs. Oh, the, Not, the hit is, I bet I bet he froze those off because his wife happens to work <laughs> in, a, in a plastic surgery practice. No, no, the haters are gonna say you cheated, but you know what? They say that about Nick Saban too. Roll Tide. Um, <laughs> Steve, what 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 is what did you have on your off season accomplishment list that did not get checked this year? Uh, you know what? I, I pretty much did it all. So uh, this is, Dang. I was actually productive. I, I didn't really have a choice, but <laughs> but I was, I was actually pretty productive this summer. Maybe the only thing uh, I was supposed to teach my daughter how to drive, and that didn't really get done. But hey, we're still alive, so uh, we, we'll, <laughs> we'll live to try that another time. I'm not so, you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that, so uh, I might just let somebody else teach her how to do that, because yeah. I, I, my nerves bad, real bad. So, uh, But other than that, man, I'm did pretty much what I was trying to do. I actually lost about, uh, and it's not to pat myself on the back, but I did lose about 30 pounds. So I'm actually nice. back to just being fat instead of obese, <laughs> like morbidly obese. What was your, what was your go-to training method and, and your, uh, and your, and your meal plan? Um, I, I don't eat after, uh, seven and, uh, I'm just like do my own little workout. It's not the wild. I do play football for a while, especially if you're in like a, college program or whatever uh, or you know pro program you kind of learn what to do kind of on your own you don't really need a workout program so I, I tried to work out two or three times a week and then I would walk or, or jog twice or two or three times a week and uh, it, it worked out look I'm gonna tell you something if you live in Florida and you can't lose weight you, you, something's wrong because it, it's hot here all the time hot and humid all you have to do is go outside. You're going to lose about five pounds of water weight regardless. I promise you. I was going to so say, it this, wasn't, is, this is predicated on people in Florida going outside in the summer. So Yeah, you, you actually have to step outside now. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to lose some weight, you just walk around the block. You'll lose about two or three pounds just of water weight just like that. So, um, But thankfully, hopefully I'll be able to actually keep it off this time because that's been my problem. You know, all that peanut butter and stuff. So, uh, I'm trying to get off this yo-yo situation where I can just stay down now. Like I said, I'm just fat now. I'm not morbidly obese anymore, so I'm trying to stay in that little wheelhouse. Yeah, going outside in Florida in the summer, everyone is that kid in high school who is trying to cut weight for wrestling in extreme ways. <laughs> like, you are the kid wearing a garbage bag and constantly spitting into a cup. Well, that's what, 
if, you, if you've seen the show Bloodline on, on Netflix, it's set in, in the Keys and Almorada. And that's the one part of that show they get right. Everybody is sweating their ass off. Like, they didn't they didn't stop the cameras and be like, oh, Coach Taylor, we need to mop your brow here. Right, right. You got some sweat stains on your shirt. We're changing your new shirt. No, no. It's like, keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. It looks good. Let's get some good spread on the back there. That's good. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> exactly. I think between this and Gary Patterson, we talked about sweaty men for about two months straight on this program. <laughs> it's, it's the summer. It's you, what we're supposed to do. Also, Spencer well, usually hosts this program. What else are we going to talk about? <laughs> you can't talk, you can't talk about Heisman without sweat. Yeah. Exactly. You can't talk about fat guys without sweat. Now. Yeah. 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 You know. This this program is for is for gentlemen who go outside with towels on their shoulders. <laughs> That's who we put on for. And some who go to the movies with the towel on their shoulders. Whatever. You, you can sweat anywhere. Steve's recent, you know, weight loss leads to this next question. This comes from man, I do not know how to pronounce this. It's Anita Zaver. And there are a lot of R's in there on Twitter. And her question is which other programs should be paying their strength coach six hundred thousand dollars a year? Which I believe uh, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong. That's how much it was revealed that uh, Iowa's strength coach is currently getting paid, which is a lot. That's a lot of money for a strength and conditioning coach. He earns every penny. Why? Every penny. Okay. Why is that? I was at their practice last week. I mean, look, they they don't have a lot of the physical gifts that you'll see on an SEC roster. So, whatever they're they're doing to get the most out of those guys, they're doing really well at it. So, yeah, whatever they're paying him, not enough. All right, so you guys can probably both speak to this. How much have strength and conditioning programs changed since, you know, the mid-late mid 90s when you guys were involved in college football to what they are today? Like, what's what are the big changes? What are the big differences? Well, now they they have to kind of be coaches too, like football coaches, because um, of all the different rules changes now, especially during the summer. Um, if, if guys want to get together and do seven on seven and stuff like that, you can't have an actual football coach there, um, but you can have a member of the strength staff there. So um, you know those guys have to do more than just. Uh, put together a a strength and conditioning plan for the players. And a lot of times those guys are kind of um, a go-between between the coach and the players. Um, Now, that's not always a good thing. Uh, I saw a story recently about a a coach that installed cameras or something, uh, hidden cameras in the weight room or whatever. This was a a baseball team, I want to say, that did this. Something like it was weird. Like he was trying to catch guys not doing something or whatever. But, um, you know, if if a coach – now, I I, I was a graduate assistant for a year in 2005 with USF here. And so, you know, a lot of times that coach, that that strength coach, would be a guy who could come and tell – a position coach or the head coach, hey, this guy's doing this or hey, this guy's doing that, whether it be negative or positive. And so uh, those guys do a whole lot now. They, their role is definitely increased. I don't know if it's increased $600,000 worth because I, I think, look, most strength coaches think they do a good job, right? I'm sure this guy at Iowa does a good job, but who's to say the guy at Tennessee doesn't do a good job? Or the guy at UT Martin 
doesn't do a good job. Um, so, you know, it's all relative, but it, it, there's no denying the fact that they do a lot more now than they had to do back when I was playing ball. You know, I, that's a long time ago. I came out of school in 1995, but, uh, and back then, those guys, that's what they did. They was weight room guys, period. That's pretty much all they did except for, you know, the, the agility drills and stuff like that. Now these guys have to kind of go out and monitor these kids actually doing football stuff during the summer because the other coaches can't do it. Yeah, they, they have to play so many roles now. It's like it, they are the observer for everything. They're the go-between. If you say something in the, in the presence of a strength coach, it's getting back to the head coach. So you got to watch what you say. Um, or you could kind of strategically plant some brown nosing or whatever you need to do. But um, they got to be like the psychologist. They got to be the, the cop, the parent, the guidance counselor, all that stuff they have to do because they're around the players more than anybody else. Uh, and then it seems like in terms of the actual workout, it seems the workouts have changed. They're, they're more position specific now than they used to be. It, it wasn't. It's not really just all the linemen just do this and all the, the – because it was before, like the quarterbacks and kickers had a different workout, but everybody else pretty much had the same workout. And it seems like it's a lot more position specific. They have a lot more help. You know, back in the day, you, you'd have you know the head strength coach. He'd have an assistant. Maybe like there'd be like two GAs or something. And now it's there's there's the head strength coach, five assistants, uh, however many GAs they're allowed to have in there. And there's I mean everybody's got somebody pushing them through workouts individually. Uh, you could kind of, if you were a walk-on, you could kind of sneak through every once in a while back in the day. But Hy- now hypothetically, you could. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I couldn't for whatever. I I got the worst workout time. It was, you know, when you're a freshman walk-on, you get the worst workout time. So, you know, when you come in at six in the morning, you end up getting like the the number two guy, and he he hates being with you because you're of no use to anyone. <laughs> so he's just mad. And he's just taking it out on you. So. But you're, no, no, you're, you're going to be his ticket to the big job because he's going to say, look what I turned this walk-on into. And then, wow, you must you must be well, ready for a promotion. There were walk-ons like that. I was not one of those, unfortunately. So I was I was nobody's meal ticket. Psychologist slash strength coach. I think that's the scariest resume line I've ever heard. Yeah, do all, do well, all, I, do all strength coaches have to be the most insane person on the coaching staff? Or is that just like the stereotype that stands out? Oh, uh, they're pretty close. <laughs> they're pretty close. Yeah, yeah. There's all there's always that one assistant who likes to take hits off the strength coach's smelling salt. Good. Uh Jason, you got a question for us? Uh let's see. From Mason Daly, Mace J D on Twitter, who's the best fat rapper going right now? Um I'm I'm gonna mention that uh Fat Joe, who's not fat anymore, had a number one song this year. Um Rick Ross, who's not really fat anymore, is also around. I'm gonna go with Killer Mike. Oh yeah, yeah I'm gonna go with Killer Mike. He's still yeah, pretty I, fat. I, He's still pretty I, hefty, and, and he puts it down. So I think that, I think that's an point. excellent choice. That's an excellent, and yeah. it just makes me really mad that Big Sean's not big. Yeah. <laughs> that, that name is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if Big Sean were big, he he might. I, I don't think he could overtake Killer Mike, but he might have a chance. But he's skinny. Like, it was cool when Big Boy did it. Like, yeah, we get it. You're not very tall. But Big Sean, he's just an average-sized human. Right. Yeah. It's your average Sean in, in more than one way. <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, all right, let's... Oh, this is a question directed to Andy. This is from P. Maramba at PM Wearing Hats on Twitter. Andy, why the hate for cake donuts? I don't like them. Okay. Raised donuts taste better. <laughs> that's that's all there is to it. I, I don't really have a scientific explanation for it or anything. Yeah. I just you give you give me a, a chocolate frosted raised donut and a cake donut. I know which one I'm eating. Okay. Is there any redeeming quality to the cake donut, or are we just done with them? Are they no, just there's impure? some. There's some that are okay. Like the blueberry cake donuts are, are usually pretty good. Uh, I but see, I never and and. I know that people are going to think this is sacrilege, but I never liked those little chocolate donuts, the oh, little the chocolate cake little, donuts. The, like do, from, the donuts, yeah, the ones that come in yeah, a bag like the, of like the John 20. Yeah, like the John Belushi commercial where he's, where he's in the Olympics eating little chocolate donuts. Right, yeah, right. No, I just don't like those. I, I would rather have like a, a Krispy Kreme or some kind of raised donut. It's just personal preference. Okay. Someone did ask us to evaluate uh, Bojangles versus Popeyes. Ooh, and, and boy. Ooh. Bojangles, boy. Bojangles is trash except for the biscuits. Wow. What, ti- what time of day is it? That's that's my question. What uh, what meal are we talking let's about? Say, let's um, say lunch. Let's say lunch. Well, if it's breakfast, Popeyes. Go, if it's if breakfast, it's bre- you go Bojangles. If yeah, it's any other time, you go Popeyes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think another factor is um, how, how big a hurry are you in? Because if if you got to be out of there in five minutes with your to go order, well, Popeyes, you never know. You you, you might be leaving empty handed. I, mean, I think it's worth the wait and it's worth the roll of the dice. But uh, Popeyes just is not the place to uh, to pop in and guarantee you'll be popping back out of. Ironically, so Pop Popeyes, by the way, is is the best. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to how to explain this or quantify it. But the closest fast food version. Of the best version of that food, so like the best fried chicken in the world is Gus's in Mason, Tennessee. Popeyes is not that far off from that. Okay, Popeyes is the closest approximation to the peak of what Popeyes right. is the closest to the peak of the thing that it's trying to sell you. Exactly. Whereas, exactly. whereas Papa John's, nobody would say is the peak is <laughs> it, close to the peak it, of pizza or something. Exactly. Popeyes and, and Popeyes is so much better on that scale than any other kind of fast food it, it's not even funny i mean people you know the in and out people are going to fight you on this right i think burgers I, are a whole different thing why uh yeah i mean because there's a fast food burger and then there's a, a, a you know what hardy's would call a six dollar burger but like a you know a restaurant type burger this is kind of a different category okay I I, like burgers right. and tacos are probably <laughs> exempt from this because like a real cheap taco can still be incredible but, but it's, like but it's a real, real cheap taco. chicken that could be bad if it's not Popeyes, yeah. basically. But listen, I, I, I got to shout out. Gus's Good Time Deli makes the best burger I've ever had in my life. It's in Knoxville, Tennessee. And every NF, uh, I mean, uh, UT football player probably is at one point in time eating at Gus's Good Time Deli. It actually burned down, but they rebuilt it and brought it back. I, I, that Gus's Good Time Deli was one of the reasons why I got moved to defensive end in the first place. <laughs> Look, they deliver uh, all times of the night. Man, listen. Oh, my. Best burgers ever. So That's... if you're ever in Knoxville, it's right on campus, like right off of campus. Ask somebody to tell you how to get the Gus's Good Time Deli. Whoever came up with the yep. idea of delivering food to college students specifically. Just, just wrong. Just, it's just wrong. The, just the, the richest, like, 
we I, I, we probably talked about pokey sticks on this program before. Pokey sticks could not pokey be stick. a more cromulent, <laughs> disgusting. Pokey product. sticks are horrible. <laughs> They're terrible. No, no, no University of Florida graduate will ever admit to eating pokey sticks sober. Ever. <laughs> no, nor should you, because that says a lot of things about your personal life that you shouldn't want to admit. Uh, pokey and pokey sticks are the exact example of food that you would never ever eat at a restaurant. That you would never say yes, bring me that. But if it's deliverable and but you here, can eat it with other here, people, but here's the question, Ryan, and, and you're the only other person on this qu- podcast qualified to answer. Yeah. Worst, worst food that tastes great when you're drunk, pokey sticks. Or that five star, five star pizza, yeah, pepperoni pizza yeah. that they're selling for five dollars when you walk out of the bar because there's a guy, like a delivery driver, with a keep it hot bag right. standing there, and if you hand him five dollars, he will hand you that pizza. Yeah. Um. So this this is a little bit. I don't know if this this trick still exists at Florida, uh, or if it was around when when you were there. There was a thing where people would uh, call in an order to. Like, if we're at, let's say we're at my dorm room, and you live next door. You come over to my uh, my room, and we order a five-star pizza for your room. And the five-star guy shows up, he knocks on your door, you don't answer, and he's like, shit. And I open the door, and I'm like, hey, man, you, oh, you got a pizza there? How much was it? And I, I, I basically buy it on discount, just so he doesn't... Lowball a five-star... <laughs> This was a it's thing. Only four dollars, Ryan. This was a thing people did in Florida because we were all so poor and shitty. This this is why everybody hates Florida grads. It's there, not the jean shorts. It's stuff like this. There are, like, a, lot, there are a lot of reasons why people hate Florida. That is horrible. To, you, okay, so when I was a freshman after the national championship for the entire month of January, yeah. a five star cheese pizza was two ninety nine delivered. That's a, so. That, that, that's approaching. Of, that's approaching the point where you start to have to question the yeah, source. The sourcing of the ingredients. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hot pockets cost more than that. I mean, <laughs> there is so there, that, the, the idea of, of this of, of Ryan lowballing a five star. Hey, hang on, I didn't say like, I did it. I didn't say I did it. Hypothetically <laughs> lowballing a five star. I said I said I, I saw it happen. Did, I said I saw it happen. Hang you on. participated what? in the evil. Was That's all there is to it. Was there a mirror around? <laughs> what, what are pokey sticks, by the way? Oh, my God. Uh, it's, it's a pizza without cheese or sauce where they put the sauce in a cup. That's it. Uh, it's it's brushed with... It, it's br- All right, it's... Yes, Andy's describing it roughly accurately. It, they take a pizza crust. It's a little puffier than most pizza crusts. They brush it in basically butter and herbs, and they bake it like that. So it's a big thing of... Kind of like garlic bread, but like the laziest, shittiest garlic bread you've ever had. <laughs> they cut it. In, they cut it into strips, sort of like French toast sticks, and you get it in a pizza box. And then you dip it in. It comes with, uh, I believe, marinara sauce and ranch dressing. And people, people <laughs> eat this. People eat these. Like it is absolutely the thing that you will look back on at your time in Florida more so than. More so than any terrible alcoholic beverage you had, and say, "Why did I put that in my body?" It's it's a horrifying thing, and they probably sell fifty thousand of them a year, conservatively. <laughs> and and, it, and they're only a little bit cheaper than the pizza. 
Right. But the so people, really, but instead the of ordering a pizza and pokey sticks, you should order, spend the extra $2 and order two pizzas. But the pizza's but, terrible. The pizza at Gumby's is terrible. But the pokey sticks are worse because it's pizza without saucer cheese. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, easy. all you got to do is order the $5 pizza, not show up, have <laughs> someone else show up across the hall, then have that person back out of that deal, have someone next to him <laughs> offer $3, and repeat the process until they pay you for yeah. the $5 pizza. I'll, I'll take eight. You give me the pizza and $8, and you can walk away. It's walk all, away. Get, walk away. Get, free and clear. It's all Gainesville Pizza Economics. This is... This is horrifying. Uh, I'm going to ask a serious question now. This one comes from Lorenzo Cortez at Hoya, Texas on Twitter. Are pro-level coaches right about offensive linemen not having good fundamentals out of college? The pro-level coaches definitely feel that way. Yeah. And with a lot of these up-tempo offenses, they have good reason to feel that way because uh, when it, with all these run-pass options, the offensive linemen are basically told – it's, it's sort of like 20 years you, – you, you block basically the play you would block 20 years ago when you had a three-step drop. You, you fire off the line, and then you kind of – you know it's essentially you block, you're showing run even though you might pass. But you're going to fire off a little harder because it, it might actually be a run. And then in some cases, you might actually be comboing up to a linebacker. But you don't know if it's a run or a pass. So you just have to kind of figure it out. But you're never actually pass-setting – like an NFL offensive lineman would. And that's a fairly valuable skill. So, you know, if you, if you don't play for Florida State or Stanford or Alabama, you may not be getting that, that skill because you, you're not practicing it every day. Steve, does that sound right to you? I know you do a lot of breakdowns for the draft and sure. things like that. It's, it's absolutely right. Uh, and he hit the nail on the head. These guys are doing way more run blocking than pass blocking these days. And that's really why I ended up ranking Ronnie Stanley over Laramie Tunsil this year because I just didn't get to see Tunsil pass block that much, whereas Ronnie Stanley pass block, block quite a bit and looked pretty good at doing it. So, And then you, you have some guys where uh, the few times they do get the pass block, their, their technique is horrible. And so you're almost like, well, okay, I get it now. I see why you're not pass blocking that much. But – you know, if you're only doing this stuff and basically you're only run, uh, 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 blocking zone most of the time, so it's not like you're, you're even learning the fundamentals of all the different run blocks you're going to have to do in a lot of cases. So I, now yeah. I had to learn my lesson because I was very high on Greg Robinson because he just looked so athletic. Even though he wasn't pass blocking much, like in the run game, I, I just felt like this dude was so athletic. He would get out there on screens and just maul people. But if when you get to the league, man, it's a passing league. Everybody says that, and it's true. So it's great if you're a road grader, but you're going to end up playing guard more than anything else if you can't pass block in the NFL. That's if you actually, if they actually keep you around. So uh, now, what's the solution to that? I don't know because so many teams are going to these spread option offenses because it's easier to teach, obviously. And you don't have to have that uh, great left tackle to block for your, for your uh, quarterback if you're doing all these run-pass options. So uh, I'm not sure that it's going to change. I'm not sure how they fix that. But 100% for sure, the, these offensive linemen these days are definitely coming out with, with lesser technique because they're not being asked to do nearly as much as guys used to be asked to do. 
And and that's the tricky part is the NFL coaches have to figure out, okay, who's smart enough and athletic enough to learn this skill? Because you may miss on a guy because you, you think, oh, he wasn't in that offense, and then he becomes a great NFL player because he works on it, he's smart, and he figures it out. But, I mean, it that makes it a pretty tough deal to project because, like Stephen was saying, Greg Robinson – like a just a phenomenal athlete you're thinking okay he's so athletic he has to be able to pick this up and hasn't i use the awkward segue about blocking to talk about a real sensitive subject here we're gonna we're gonna rip this band-aid off guys uh we don't do i jason is it fair to say that we've never done anything worthwhile on this program hell no not a thing okay um steve i gotta tell you it came to our attention today you got our boy Andy blocked on Twitter, and we just want to talk about it. And just <laughs> ask, ask you to open up your heart and and let him back into your your time. What did I do? That's all. What we, did I do? Yeah, we just want to. I'll you know. be honest with you. I, I don't even. I didn't even realize it until you just said something. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, Steve, Steve, you're not missing not anything. Blocked. It's just I'm pictures blocked. of food, so it's okay if you don't. You you will not. It will not enrich your life at all if you if you unblock me. I mean, Andy, you caught a stray. I probably yeah. said something stupid about Tennessee. Would be my guess. May might have been. No, and I mean like, he, has, he hasn't. Blocked. He hasn't blocked Spencer though. So. Oh, listen, well, but, well, I, that, I mean, I thought about it a couple times. You know, like, see, I, 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 I prefer I prefer the mute I prefer the mute feature because it feels like. You can torture that person more by muting them because it's somebody who wants to get under your skin. So if you mute them, they're they're going to continue trying to, to get under your skin shout, and then they just can't. The they're just, yeah. Yeah. And it feels into more the void because why deprive them of your content? Why, why, why would you do that? Different perspective on that. And, and this goes back to before we even had the mute function. And this isn't about Andy, obviously. But I, I, I like the feeling of when you got mad at somebody, you hung up on them, you could slam the phone down and they could hear it, right? <laughs> or, you know, somebody's at the door, you're throwing them out. <clears throat> or it's like, you know, uh, 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 Martin back in the day, you got to get the step and he slammed the door behind him. I want them to know. Like, I, I, sometimes I'll mute them. If, if they're not, like, really offending me or, or really upsetting me, I'll mute them because I have the option now. But before, when you only had a block, I, I was so quick to block people because I'd just be like, I want you to know, like, when you come and want to say something else or want to look at my timeline, I want you to be like, oh, what just happened? Why, why, you know, Whoa, that kind of hurt in my chest. I want to, why, why? Why am I blocked, right? So I feel that feeling. You know? Whereas the mute function is more like when you're talking on the phone to somebody and they're just going on and on and you just put the phone down, but you don't hang it up. And you just let them keep talking while you're like doing dishes, and you just like pick it up every five minutes and just go, uh huh, yeah, yeah, and just put the phone back down. That's the mute function today. You, you know who I accidentally blocked, and, and I, I, a, a similar circumstance. I the other day I realized Twitter shows you a list of who all you've blocked. I don't know how new this feature is, but I just found it. Um, I blocked Phil Steele at some point. <laughs> really? Uh, God knows why. Uh, unblocked him immediately. Now the block is, is, is so the block list now is just Darren Ravel and Pierce Morgan. But I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea why in the world anyone because like what did we get in a Twitter chat? No, like <laughs> because his tweets are too jam packed with yeah, information. Yeah, I just you couldn't, couldn't handle, handle the information. Yeah, the self preservation block is the other good thing to do. Where this is this is my favorite thing now. Where people are like, 
oh, you blocked me, and I've never even interacted with you. I guarantee you have interacted with somebody I know, and I was just like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna save myself this trouble. It's sort of like reading a Yelp review for a restaurant you've never been to, and somebody's like, there were cockroaches in the food. The restaurant's not gonna call me and be like, hey, how come you've never come to our restaurant? You need to give us a chance. Like, <laughs> no, I can learn from others. I don't have to, like, yeah. not everybody yeah, has to and- give this a go. Yeah, like the, oh, he's so petty, he blocked me, I never interacted with him. Well, like, you can go and get somebody else's block list and use it. You can go block everyone but Monty Jones has blocked just which, by, which, if you, know, you do, flip, if you do that, one that's switch. a long list. That's a long list. And then Twitter has, like, nine people. So that's that's a nice exclusive <laughs> club. <laughs> like, Spencer, me and Spencer uh, and Holly were, were joking about that the other day, but, like, I, I'm so quick to block. It, it's not even a thing to me anymore. Like, I, I just... I self-consciously block people now. It, it, it just comes so effortlessly. And I'm like, <laughs> I remember one day, like, I'm, I might have set the record. Like, one day I got FSU Twitter mad at me. Oh, no. And they oh, were, oh, no, oh, no. Why were you talking about so the goals? I basically went down the line. I didn't even check the mentions after a while. I just blocked everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, I didn't even care. Like, you might not even, they might not have even been saying something bad, but it was just like, yeah, you look like a Seminole. Yep, block. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it, it just is too easy. Yeah, it's too easy for me because I, I kind of feel like you know it's overrated anyway to be able to interact with all these people. Most of these people are, are, are just—they're annoying. Man, you talking about? Look, I, you know I've covered the Bucks very closely because I'm a former Buccaneer and I, I really pull for the team. Man, there's some Bucks fans that are just annoying. <laughs> like can't you cannot please them. And so look, after a while it's just like, oh, I'm gonna go ahead and block you. And 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 you'll be fine and I'll be fine and we'll be both fine. We just won't interact. I mean, look, Steve, you don't have to do anything. Just search your heart. Just, I don't know why I'm not candid. Just, 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 um, just decide if you I want to you were talking about. Somebody said something else about it earlier and I, I you know, I was kind of oblivious, like what? Well, what we that's what the, the, the only reason I knew is 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 they said you know we were going to be on the show together. So I'm like, oh, because well, I I read your stuff on SB Nation. I was like, I was like, oh, I wonder what he said on Twitter today. And and I click on it, and it's like you are blocked from seeing. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but okay. Hey man, yeah, a little little sting in my heart. Yeah, you're like. Man, why did they? I, I just happened to me the other day. I promise. I was like, man, what? What did I do? But but I got too much pride to ask. But I was like, that was that. Why I had to sit in the corner for a little while and, and meditate. I'm just <laughs> but, yeah. Andy. I'm I, just I'm I, just happy I, Tennessee I, got a victory over Florida finally. Um, let's. <laughs> oh, that's. Oh. Yeah, I, just, oh. I think I think he just blocked you. I think, I think celebrity yeah, hot tub just Steve, got blocked. Steve's gonna block. I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Ooh, but he did it on here, so I can't block him on here. So I'm not, I'm not going to do it on Twitter. You, you can plug your ears. I also made sure. I, I also made sure my wife, who went to Tennessee, is not in the room right now. So that is clutch. Um, all right, I'm going to get do this one from uh, Sand Lapper Spike. This is a semi-serious question, but uh, he this Twitter user would like your opinion about Jimbo Fisher's comment replaying uh, FCS schools, which. Um, Jason, do you do you remember exactly what his his words were on this? I have I can sort of summarize it briefly. It, yeah, but. It, it was it, Jimbo was commenting on like the the idea that FBS you know the Power Five should only play Power Five, FBS only FBS, and so on. Uh, and his point was sort of the the economics of the sport is designed that you know 
uh, you know, FCS schools can sort of support D2, FBS can support FCS, Power 5 can support mid-majors by playing those paycheck games. And, and Jimbo is in favor of keeping the, you know, keeping the, the ecosystem the way it is where everyone can sort of uh, spread the wealth and, and make sure that these programs can continue to provide scholarships and so forth. Um, so, so basically, Jimbo's in favor of things staying the way they are. And and uh, some of his argument was also, I believe that if you didn't have these games and you sort of you you'd inevitably reduce the number of colleges that offer football scholarships, and that would in turn mean less kid, fewer kids play uh, high school football. That would be bad for the sport as a whole, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Andy. Do you agree with Jimbo Fisher? Are are these paycheck games with FCS schools that frequently just get steamrolled unless you're Michigan playing upstate? Uh, are they good or are they bad? <laughs> well, I, I don't care if you play one of them a year. I really don't. It doesn't bother me. Now, if you don't, if you want your stands full, you shouldn't play one. If you want people to show up, you shouldn't play one. But I do understand that, and it's interesting. The guy who asked the question, so Sandlapper Spike, Sandlapper suggests he's a South Carolinian. Uh-huh. Like in that state, if the ACC and the SEC said you can't play FCS schools anymore, the state of South Carolina would simply mandate that Clemson and South Carolina had to play Wofford in the Citadel. So, like in a lot of states, that they would pass a law forcing you to do it. Listen, man. Because last thing we need is South Carolina making its own rules. Listen, man. <laughs> exactly. I think we all learned so, that the Citadel, the Citadel is an SEC level program, at least as of last year. As of last year, that's correct. So let's give them some credit here. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I, I think that's right. Just having having an, the occasional one of these is not the biggest deal in the world. It also, I, I really find it interesting when people suggest that the label of F, FBS or Power Five that that these are clean sort of permanent groupings that always indicate higher quality. I mean. There are definitely years right. where North Dakota State is better than a lot of FBS teams and is better than some Power 5 teams as well. So to me, it's less about are you playing FCS schools and it's more a question of when you play these games, how many of them are you – how many times are you playing the team that you know you're going to just destroy because they have nobody on the roster, because they are a brand new program, are just getting their feet wet? And how many times are you playing an uh, FCS school that has a real shot at going to the playoffs or has a history of being competitive in these kind of games? And and that's the sort of thing that gets lost in this arbitrary distinction of what which division or, well, or sub-conference right. you're in. The other thing that, that it does, too, is allow some of these guys at those lower levels to play against better competition, which gives then talent evaluators a, a better opportunity to give them a fair evaluation. You know, if they only were able to play guys, and you know, FCS could only play FCS, then there will always be somebody screaming, well, they couldn't do that against the SEC tackle. And I go back and think about a guy like, for instance, Khalil Mack. And he was fantastic on his team. But when he really made people uh, uh, pay attention was when he had the big game against Ohio State, right? And and that was probably the only game they played on TV that year. But um, some of these guys, man, they need those opportunities. The team might be terrible, but they might have one or two guys on their team that can actually showcase their talents against an SEC team as well. So um, I just think that it's good for football 
you don't have to, you know, you're not going to load up your schedule with that. And, and these days with, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the college football playoffs and stuff and the way that they go into calculating that, the top teams, I don't think, would go that route anyway because they're trying to get into the playoffs. But n- nobody's going to really try to load up on these guys. But there's nothing wrong with playing one of those games a year. And, 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 and there's just there's, there's a lot good to it from the things that y'all mentioned. And also, like I said, giving some of these players at, 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 at uh, uh, lower division schools an opportunity to shine against better competition. I think Nick Saban was the one who started this. Like, Power 5 should only play Power 5. And everyone says, yes, it sounds great. It's nothing but big games. But, like, I mean, I, I believe he really means that. But I think, like, anyone else making this case, well, okay, go ahead and agitate to boot Kansas or Wake Forest or Oregon State or uh, Vanderbilt from your conference then. Make your conference tougher and then come talk. You know what I mean? Like, if, if your conference has teams that, that are just woefully bad and will always be bad, what, do you, what, do you, what, what argument are you really making? You know, if, if you're telling everybody else who not to play, uh, if you know, if, if you're the one validating these mediocre programs as deserving of special status. Fair enough. Uh, Jason, you got one last question for us to give these guys before we go? I do. And let's let's start with Steve here. I, I got a good sense uh, about Steve on this one from Chi Delt on Twitter. Uh, CW <laughs> wants to know most low key, adorable animal. And uh, CW says raccoons. Oh, man. Oh man, no, 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 no! It can't be a raccoon. They're, 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 listen, they're sneaky and devious, and they got rabies. It can't be a raccoon. <laughs> That's extremely low key, right? It's just, it's, it's like all the way out of key. It's so low key, but um, uh, man, there was this rodent actually the other day. I can't remember the name of it, but I, you know, I follow all these accounts that tweet pictures of cute little animals or whatever and it almost made you not realize it was a rodent it was so cute you know it almost looked like a cartoon um but it, it's like uh, an oversized rodent which i guess means it's sort of like a rat it sounds like but it, was it very, sounds very like cute. a capybara uh, yeah, yeah i was just saying we're yeah, talking about capybara exactly they're, they're adorable they that's are adorable exactly what it was that's exactly what it was i, I couldn't remember the name to save my life but yeah the other day i just tweeted retweeted it out so um, that, yeah, it was very adorable. I had to like, I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cute for a rat." So. <laughs> <laughs> this is a rodent identification podcast, right? <laughs> I do find the the mouse rat distinction really perplexing in terms of like what people think is cute and not. Like, I, sure, rats are huge and frequently found in filthy places, but like. If you tell somebody like, "Oh, there's a, you know there's a mouse in the garage," they're like, "Okay, well you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go get some some peppermint oil or something like that." If you tell somebody there's a rat in the oh man, like get the shotgun, get the shotgun, get the flame, <laughs> get the get the gun from Aliens the that has the flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna oh we gotta find sell the, the house. <laughs> it's yeah, an there's a mouse. Oh, that's Mickey Mouse. That's Pikachu. Oh, we we got it. We got to corral it and release it back into the wild, or maybe we'll keep it. Yeah, but I yeah, mean, a, he... a rat. No. Nah. Now, if there's a copybara in your base in your basement, then you can like you know make the neighbors pay to come in and see it that's and right. ride it. You can you can if, you can if, open a daycare. If there if there's a capybara in your basement, you should just run <laughs> because something's wrong. There's probably a Burmese python there too. <laughs> I told you we shouldn't have moved into this abandoned South Florida animal <laughs> shop. Uh, Andy, what's the most low-key cute animal? 
hedgehog. Oh, that's yeah. perfect. But the the raccoon thing is is insane. Like, when have you ever seen a raccoon in the wild that's not trying to jump into a garbage can? Yeah, I mean, I would for our friend CW. I would wonder what part of the world he he, he I believe it's he uh, is from because I'm I'm standing on my back porch right now and I I'm looking over at a spot where one day I looked over and saw a raccoon looking at me like with its their eyes glow at night. Because they're they're filled with with demons and rage. <laughs> it wasn't about it. I, I I came out and like before my foot even fell in my next step, I was already whirled back around. Like, nope, this is your backyard now. 